is Pastor Chadwick King. I hope you enjoy the ministry of God's Holy Word today provided by the Promise Center Media Ministry. Please share this lesson or sermon with your friends and family. And may the Lord bless you. Tonight we are going to receive communion at the end of the service, and this is not New Year's Eve. You guys know that, right? Like, we still have one more day in 2015, but we wanted to, we wanted to give you that night with, for your, you and your family or, or whatever you decide to do. Hopefully go to bed early, stay off the roads late, but uh, tonight we're going we're gonna to talk about leaving 2015 the right way. And uh, I, I really believe how, how we leave is, is going to determine how we start and what we can receive this next year. Does anybody want to receive something from the Lord great this next year? Do, do you want to see a revival? Do you want to see people that you know and that you love saved? I'm going to tell you something. I know this is going to be hard for you to digest, but... God loves the people you love even more than you love them. And he wants them saved more than you want them saved. I think sometimes the Lord just wants our cooperation with what he's doing. And be a good witness. Amen. And water the seeds that have already been planted. And so I believe that this year, uh, 2016, is going to be an amazing year. There's a lot of changes in the air uh, great things that the Lord has in store for us as a church, uh, corporately, the body, internationally, uh, but not just that, but us individually. And uh, I want to read out of John chapter 13, starting at verse 21. If you have your Bibles, you can uh, turn with us or we have it on the projector screens. John 13 and 21. And I'm going to read a portion of this final night that Jesus had with his disciples. <clears throat> uh, Jesus was not trying to be uh, melodramatic or climactic, or he wasn't trying to create some emotional uh, stir. He was really trying to, one, honor the Passover, uh, two, prepare them for what was about to take place. They're, they're about to go through a season. The next couple days are going to be very tough. In fact, Jesus says this uh, in Luke. He says in Luke, he says, look, guys, I told you before, don't get a purse, don't get a sword, uh, don't worry. He said, I'm telling you now, get a sword, get your, get your stuff together because it's about to be on. Like, like the next couple days, next couple weeks are going to be crazy. And there's this little season that you're going to go through, but how you leave this season is going to determine your next season. You got to pass this test. You got to you got to be able to shake off this season and move into the next season because you're going from disciples who can barely get this stuff right to like the apostles leading the church. You got to get this right. So John chapter 13 and 21 says this: After he had said this, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, "Very truly I tell you, one of you is going to betray me." His disciples uh, stared at one another. Isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. <laughs> at a loss to know which of them he meant. One of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter motioned his disciple and said, ask him which one he means. Leaning back against Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? 
Now, of them all, the only one who asked this question was John. John's the one, really, he's lying next to Jesus at this table, and he leans up next to Jesus. He's got his head on Jesus' chest, and everybody else is going, is it me, is it me, is it me, is it me? And it's John who says, which one of these guys is it? Because there's a place in the Lord where you just know it's not you. I'm too close to Jesus. It's not me. Right? And then Jesus answered, it is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. Then, uh, dipping the piece of the bread, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. As soon as Jesus took the bread, Satan entered into him. Now, this is bizarre because this is the only time we see someone actually being filled with the devil versus an exorcism of someone being uh, delivered from a devil. So it's just a very spiritual night. So Jesus told him, what you're about to do, do it quickly. Get it over with. And then skipping down to verse 30. As soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out and it was night. He leaves. He leaves by himself. He leaves differently than everybody else does. He left the wrong way. He left the wrong way. He left the room the wrong way. And he made that grave, terrible decision to sell out Jesus. Heavenly Father, as we come to a close of this year, I ask you, Lord, to open our hearts so wide that your voice can speak to us. Because it's not my words, it is your spirit that has to speak to make your words so clear and so profound. I pray, God, that you open our hearts of understanding, give us revelation and wisdom according to your will. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say amen. amen. God bless you. <clears throat> if we make 2016 the best year of our life spiritually then 2016 will be the best year of our life. If we make 2016 the best year of our life spiritually, it will be the best year of our life. Not finances, not like what house, car, all that stuff. I'm talking about focusing on the spirit man. How am I? How are we? How, how are we doing, God? Are we okay? What's in my heart today? What's in my spirit today? Taking inventory that I leave 2015 the right way so I can see something great in 2016. You see, every, every doorway is a passage. It's a place where we leave one arena, one place, one room, and we enter into another place. That's what a doorway is. We see in the scripture doorways. We see Jesus at the door knocking he's like let me in i want into your space has has jesus got in to into anybody's space in 2015 all right some of you new converts you're like man he got up all in my grill i didn't i thought we were just going to be friends i didn't know we we're going to be bffs he was going to be calling me every day sending me messages every day so we're we're moving out of one space into another space. We're moving out of a year, and I know it's just a year, it's just a calendar, 
But as, as a society, even as a church, this year means something. It, 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 it's going to mean something. It's going to mean something to you. Because God has a purpose for your life individually. Your life is hidden in Christ. Your purpose, what God has called you to do and to be, you will only discover that in Christ. It is hidden in Christ. You don't get Christ, you don't get the purpose that you were designed for. You have a purpose in God. And I believe that God is going to awaken that purpose this next year. I believe that you are going to hear that still small voice. I believe this is the year that you don't have to lean upon just a church or a ministry, but you're going to be able to hear God's voice and walk victorious in the Lord. This is that kind of year. This is that kind of year when we go from not being sure. You know, the disciples, there was a season where they weren't sure. They were, they were trepidatious all the time. They were fearful all the time. They were, it was foot in the mouth. It was, it was big mistakes. It was bad attitudes. When they should have been given mercy, they were wanting to call down fire from heaven. Jesus is like, you don't even know what spirit you're of, guys. You're getting all this wrong. They went to Bible college and they failed. And then there's this transformation. They, they go through the door. They go through the door of Pentecost, and guess what happens? Something changes. And can I tell you that a change and a transformation can happen so quickly spiritually that it changes your disposition. It changes your paradigm of how you see everything, how you process everything, how you walk and how you pray. This can be the, the year where you walk as a spiritual giant in faith in the Lord you got to just say, I want it. i got to have it. This is what I'm going for. This is what I'm running for. I want to walk in it because if we can make 2016 the best year of our life spiritually, I'm telling you, it will be the best year of your life, period. Now, in this story, and I'm going to try to be uh, expeditious here. In this story, there's a lot of stuff going on, and, and, and it's like a puzzle, you go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and you put together pieces of this, of this night. So many things going on. So many discussions. Uh, Luke 22, 31. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked uh, to sift you all uh, as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. And he replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times that you know me. Now, this is in the same story, just a different gospel. Same night, same story. And, and, and Jesus is like this. Guys, it's about to go down. It's about to get crazy up in here. Think, things are going to be happening that, that you, you, you haven't seen yet. I, I've been like your big brother, and I've been taking care of you. But stuff's about to go down. And what I love is I love the way that Peter makes a big promise. That's the worst thing you can do. 2016, I hope you don't make some silly promises. We do this. And like Jesus, you know, Peter responds to Jesus by like singing a song. It's like, Jesus, I'm going to fight for you. It's like a boy band. Like, I will fight for you, Jesus. I never be betray you. Hey. I mean, he breaks out like, like he, I'll fight, I'll die for you. 
I'm like, NSYNC just showed up at the Last Supper. <laughs> Verse 34, Peter says, I'll die for you. I'll die for you. And Jesus is like, you, why are you making promises? Uh, has anybody ever made a New Year's resolution promise? God, I'm telling you right now. Four hours of prayer every morning. Telling you, coming in like gangbusters. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read the Bible all through, all year. I'm gonna read it in every version that I have. King James, NIV, Message Amplified. I'm coming against the devil with a water pistol. I'm ready to just storm the gates of hell. And by January like seventh, <laughs> you're just like, will, will ten minutes of prayer do? Like you're just like trying to make a deal because, and that's what. That's what Brother Peter's doing here. He's making deals with Jesus for his next season. Oh, I'll, I'll, this is the season. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make some promises. The issue is, is that when we start making promises, we're not walking by faith. That's the problem. Because grace is activated in the moments of life. You can't predict it. You can't anticipate it. You don't know when the... But when you start really walking with the Lord, prayer is not something you do, you check in, you check out. It's like God wakes you up at 3 in the morning. And you're like, and then you test the Lord by trying to go back to sleep. And you realize you're up. And you see your beautiful wife sleeping. And you try to very cautiously roll out of bed. And the Lord begins to, to, to speak to you and, 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 and pray through you. And there's this moment. You can't plan that out. You just got to be willing. You got to be like Abraham. I don't know, but I'm saying yes. Yes. I'm just saying yes this year. I'm saying yes to the ridiculous. I'm saying yes to the unknown. I'm saying yes to whatever. If the river parts, I'm going. If the river doesn't part, I'm going to step out by faith. If, if no one's ever done it before, I'm walking on water. I'm going to just say yes when God opens the door. I'm just saying yes. That's it. It's a year of saying yes. It's a year of stepping out. It's a year of being bodacious. It's a year. I can't plan. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm just going to trust God and say yes. That's all I can do is say yes. Say yes. That's all I can do. Now, we have Brother Judas here. Man, this guy, he's there. He's in this moment. He's got his feet washed by Jesus. He's got, he's got communion breath. Just a little, not enough cracker. And then not enough juice to get the cracker down. Like, he's still got communion in his teeth. And he's going to have an experience of making a fatal decision in the presence of Jesus. He's going to walk out of that room. Everybody else got something else. Everybody else had revelation that there was a, there was a, Something, something's changing. The atmosphere's changing. He leaves with a different disposition. He leaves that season the wrong way. And therefore, 
he loses out on the next season. He's not numbered with the 12 because he left the wrong way. Well, how did he leave? He left with clean feet. He left with the sacrament on his face and in his mouth and in his belly. Been part of the Passover. Been washed by Jesus. He left looking right. He left going through all the symbolic parts of this communion that everybody else at the table did. The difference was he left that room without his heart changed. He left that room without his heart being transformed in that moment. I want to leave this house and I want to leave this year with the right heart. That's it. The only thing I can take is I'm taking the right heart into the next year. David had a heart that was after God. Peter was a, man, he messed up. He, he did not, but he had the right heart. Everybody else scurried. John's taking care of mama. Ever, you, can, you can't find the other disciples, but, but you know what? They come back because they had the right heart. There are people, and I, I've asked God, like, God, like, there's people I grew up with that I, that I sat next to in church, and they, they, they were washed with the same word. They felt the same presence. They, they, they were touched by the same anointing. We were in the same prayer meetings. And it's like we left, and, and we left differently. What was the difference? It was always a heart issue. We could do all the right stuff. We can, all, we can say the right stuff and look the right stuff and act the right stuff and, 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 and check in for church and all that. But if we don't look inside at our heart, the heart can be wicked. The heart can be deceitful. The heart can mess you up if you don't take care of the heart. Now, a lot of us, many times, we're, we're waiting for James Earl Jones' voice to come from heaven. A <laughs> little bit of Lion King, a little bit of Bible on tape. We want God to do, like, karate for us on the devil, all of our problems. It would be very nice. But he said, in this life, you will have trouble. You're going to have problems. You're going to have situations. You're going to have, you're going to, have to figure stuff out. You're going to have to, you're going to, have, to, you have to be wise to, to walk through this world. He said, but guard your heart. Guard your heart. Don't, don't let stuff in your heart. Don't let attitudes get in your heart. And if you've got an attitude and you've got an issue with somebody, leave it in 2015. Don't take it into 2016. Guard your heart. Guard. Get your heart right. Don't take. Don't lose an opportunity because you didn't guard your heart. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Because what we do today will determine our tomorrow. Jeremiah 32 and 6. Jeremiah said, The word of the Lord came to me, and Hanamel, the son of Shalom, your uncle, is going to come to you and say, Buy my field, and Anatha, or Anathoth, because he, he is nearest relative, it is your right and duty to buy it. Verse 6, or verse 9. So I bought the field at Ananoth from my cousin Hanamel, 
and weighed out for him 17 shekels of silver. Verse 15. For this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says, houses, fields, and vineyards will again be bought in this land. Now, I read this passage a few weeks ago, and I wasn't sure if when it jumped off the page and it was like, wow, this is, I've got to think about this for a while. Because at this point, Jeremiah has prophesied to the king, he didn't listen. He prophesied to the next king, did not listen. The city was under siege for a couple years, they didn't listen. He said, if you'll turn your heart back to God, God will spare you. Then he said, if you'll, if you'll just surrender to Babylon, you'll, you'll be okay. No one could ever believe that the temple that David designed and the temple that Solomon built could ever be destroyed. Never would have thought it. But that's exactly what was about to happen. Israel is about to be ransacked. Jerusalem is going to be turned upside down, destroyed because they did not heed the voice of Jeremiah. And Jeremiah is in a cell. The king has thrown him in prison. The, the king is fickle. He's in and out, wishy-washy about Jeremy, sometimes, Jeremiah. Sometimes he's, sometimes he's pro-Jeremiah. Sometimes he's against Jeremiah. And finally, God speaks to Jeremiah and says, look, here's what's happening. Jerusalem's going down. It's done. It's over. This land's going to be ransacked. It's going to be, it's going to be treacherous. But I want you to buy a field today. Buy a field? Who buys a field when the, the, the city, the capital, and the nation's going down in the tubes? This is when we should be liquidating. And God says, I want you to buy a field because there is going to be a greater tomorrow. There are going to be vineyards. And there are going to be people, kids running through the streets. I want you to do something today in faith. I want you to do something today because you see the future. It's going to be years and people are going to, people are going to, generations are going to come and go and it's going to be a while. But I want you to buy a field today in faith because it's how you leave. When you leave Jerusalem in just a few months, you're not going to have a lot. You're going to go and probably live in Egypt and, and you're going to live out the rest of your days there. But you're going to have a deed to a piece of land. You're going to leave this city. It's the way you leave, Jeremiah. You're leaving with something in your pocket saying there is going to be a better day. You're leaving with something in your pocket just reminding you that the blessings of God will come again to Israel. I need you to buy a field. That's ludicrous. No, it's not because my mercies are sure. And I will visit Israel again. Isaiah 54, verses 1 through 3. Isaiah 54, verses 1 through 3. Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear. You've been barren. And you're going, what's going on, God? I've been trying to be faithful. I've been faithful, and it's like my life is not producing anything. Break forth in singing and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, says the Lord. Now, here's what he tells you to do by faith. Watch this. By faith, enlarge the place of thy tent. You need to get your tent ready. And let them stretch forth the curtain of thy habitations. Spare not, lengthen the cords. And strengthen the stakes. Enlarge your house. 
but I'm barren. I don't have anything. I want to see how you prep because your preparation for the next season has to happen now. You won't have time when the blessing comes. Get your stake down deep. Extend the cords. Make the tent. You had a tent for one way too long. It's time to enlarge your tent for what God is about to do. He's going to fill your life with blessings. So get ready for it now. You don't see it now. You can't even comprehend it now. But he says, the only way you're going to be able to comprehend, I need you to sing. I need you to praise. Because in your praise and in your worship, you're going to be able to see a little bit of what I have for you. You're going to be able to peek behind the veil and see that your future is bright and your tomorrow is better than your past. God has things for you. He has things for this church that we can't even comprehend today. But it's time for us to enlarge our coast. It's time for us to get the stakes down deep. I'm going to get my prayer life deep. I'm going to get my consecration deep. I'm going to take my Christian uh, opinions and make them Christian convictions. And I'm going I'm to run with this. And I'm going to believe in this. And I'm going to go all in. I'm not going to put just one toe in. I'm going all in because... Because there's a future in the next season of blessing and power and promise. Does anybody want that? Does any, do you have a soul craving for the promises of God? Does your, does your soul thirst for the promises of God? I want more of you, Lord. I want more of you, God. I want all of your presence. I want all of your benefits. I want the crumbs that fell from the table that somebody, they just overlooked. They didn't see that they were. I want the crumbs. I want it all because God is good and faithful for those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. We hunger and thirst after righteousness. Would you stand with me? Get the tent ready. Get the stakes. Start beating the stakes in. Something's about to happen. I don't know what it is. But I, all I can do is sing and praise. He said, sing, O barren. He said, your past is the evidence against your faith. There's nothing. But your faith is greater than the facts that you can see. Your faith is going to produce the substance that's going to allow the blessings of God to manifest in your life. Amen. We're not crawling into 2016. We're running into 2016. Amen. But in it all, to get there, we got to guard our hearts. Clean hands, clean feet is not enough. Being part of the ceremony, part of the group, part of the club, having the number, all that is not enough. I got to know him. I want to be like John. Which one? If it's Peter, just click twice. I want to know him. 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 And so we know him in the power of his resurrection. We know him in the fellowship 
of his suffering. So in just a moment, we're going to receive communion. Our ushers are coming to the front for those that are on the front row. In the little pocket in the seat in front of you, there is your wafer and your juice. this time we'll prepare and we'll open it. There's no better way to end a year in remembrance Jesus concluded his his ministry with communion in the Passover remembering centuries before of an angel that would come into Egypt and where he saw blood he passed over where there was a lamb in the home, the angel kept moving by. We have blood. We have the lamb. And all those trespasses and all that judgment has passed us over. It's gone. And so we remember and we cleanse our heart with this hope, with this truth. This is what we cleanse our heart with. He said this, Paul said, let a man examine himself and judge himself so he doesn't have to be judged by God. If you'll judge yourself and humble yourself and look in your heart, you can go on to the blessings of the next season that God has for you. So let's take a moment. Can we close our eyes? Can we... Take a moment to repent of everything. Search your heart tonight. Lord, I search my heart in your presence. True repentance, the metanoia, the changing of heart and mind. I don't want to live that way. I don't want to act that way. I don't want to go those places and say those things. I want my heart to be pure. I'm not selling you out for silver or for people or for ideas or for fun. I want to buy the truth and sell it not. I want you. I want you, Lord. Forgive me. Forgive me, Lord, of every sin, every evil thought, every evil word. Hallelujah. Search me, Lord. Cleanse me, Lord. Wash me, Lord. Heal me, Lord. Heal my heart. Heal my heart. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
he says that it, if we will confess our sins, he's righteous and just to forgive us of our sins. Hallelujah. Paul said, he said, when you take of the bread, he said, as often as you do it, it is the Lord's body and you do it in remembrance of that body that was broken, pierced, bruised on Calvary's hill. Let us receive his body at this time. said the cup and this juice it represents his blood not blood that was spilt it wasn't an accident it was blood that was shed poured out for you and I to hit the earth and cry out not against us like Abel's but to cry out for us as an advocate as a friend as a cause and say they are just because just blood, holy blood has been shed on their behalf. Let us receive of the cup and of the juice. For more information about who we are, we invite you to go to thepromisecenter.com. God bless you.